All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. The bullpen today, we have James Chernowski, who is the senior tech and innovation policy analyst at Americans for Prosperity. We're gonna chop it up about AI and regulation of artificial intelligence. He is a deregulation guy. I'm a, well, I consider myself a common sense regulation guy. James, thank you for being on Indisputable. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. So James, I don't want to presume what you know or believe about the regulation of AI. So if you would give us your sentiment and I will then opine. Yeah, absolutely. I think artificial intelligence is an extraordinarily promising technology. It has the ability to transform multiple industries of our economy, as well as open up creative opportunities for individuals that are operating inside the United States and around the world. So I think that there's a lot of positives. I'm not gonna pretend that it's all sunshine and rainbows. I do recognize that there are in fact some risks with this promising technology. But I think that a lot of the rhetoric that surrounds those risks has been overblown and in many ways mischaracterized and in some is a little bit unrealistic. And it's not that I'm a, an anti-regulations guy. I am definitely, as you would say, a common sense regulations person. I think that if we have good regulations that set up good rules of the road, then we can actually, actually support and not stifle this very promising technology that can definitely, I think, unleash a whole new industrial revolution in the United States and really offer up a lot of opportunities for everybody. What regulations do you agree with as it relates to artificial intelligence in America? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think that honestly, in some ways, it's a little too early to go and be prescriptive with what kinds of regulations might need to apply specifically to AI. What I would say is that there's this misconception that the AI as we know it is this wild west. And that's not necessarily true. And don't just take my word for it, take the government's word for it. The FTC, the DOJ, the EOCC, the CFPB, they all released a joint statement stating that they would go and enforce existing laws and regulations against companies that were using this technology. And I think that that's right. There are existing rules that are on the book that these companies have to go and abide by if they're gonna be okay. using this product. So there's not, that's, I think, a little bit of a misstatement in its own right. And I think that if we are going to have unique regulation tailored to AI, it needs to be basically focused on the actual identifiable harms and mitigating them in as narrowly tailored way as possible to make sure that we're not accidentally stifling the technology and its growth and progress. Got you. Well, listen, James, I'm not, I'm not a technology expert like yourself, but I do study and I do read and I do comparative analysis and I have an analytical mind. So the organizations that you just listed who provided a joint statement in reference to the utilization of AI inside of corporations in particular, they also mentioned that AI must be regulated in order to prevent bias and discrimination, noting that facial recognition software has been found to be less accurate as it relates to people of color. They also cited that ensuring transparency and accountability is required because AI systems can be complex and opaque, making it difficult for individuals and organizations to understand how they are actually making the decisions and the process thereof. Those agencies also said you have to protect privacy. That's another dynamic of regulation because AI relies on vast amounts of information, which can include personal information such as our location, our search history and our online behavior. These things are present today. 
So I don't think it is premature to start prescribing variables of potential regulatory dynamics when we already see the problems right now. And I will also add that over 54, right at 54%, 54.3% of Americans are in favor of Congress passing laws to provide regulation to AI. That's based on the latest poll by the oversight, the tech oversight project. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that there's a couple of things that we can go and push back on there. I think that to the point of facial recognition technology, that's absolutely fair. But I do think that the context matters insofar as that that facial recognition technology is being utilized by the government in some instances. And that's where your minority statistic is where I completely agree with you. And that's that's something where you want to have auditing to make sure that there's accuracy and we're not. But going that's not it. Wait a minute, James. The government does not have exclusive license to facial recognition AI based technology. Private no, entities do a, as no, well. That's not what I'm I'm saying though, okay. I'm saying that there's a the, the, the potential for harm is different between how a company might be using facial recognition technology versus how the government's using it. Because again, with that minority differentiation point that you're highlighting, that that is something where if the government's using that technology, the harm is very real because of that disparate impact. So I think- Why do you think it's not real? For a private company, then that's to not utilize. what I said either. Okay, I just said that the, the harms themselves are just different by nature, and that there is something that is unique to the government aspect that I think is worth focusing on. And for can you explain that to me? That I think that those harms are there, but there are different kinds of best practices and other things that we can pursue. Okay, there. well, explain it to me. Explain why there's such a massive difference between the government utilizing the same technology and private companies utilizing that technology. Well, the difference is is what the what the downside of the negative cost is. If a government misuses facial recognition technology like they did in, let's say, Michigan, uh, to go and identify a person who robbed the watch store, then all of a sudden they use facial recognition on, I believe it was like 420p quality video to go and identify the guy. He was also a minority, and therefore he was mis misidentified by that. But that was that facial recognition technology being used was the premises of why law enforcement went after that person. And that is actually a much more serious harm in my James, view than some of those other things. I understand, things. Let, me, let me just remind you, do you know what cameras they used in order to affix the racial, the um, AI to the racial uh, profile or the identity of the person? I don't know the, the specific camera, no. Okay, uh, these were private commercial entities sure. that were affixed directly to law enforcement agencies. In other words, these private companies became yeah. the eyes and the ears of law enforcement by way of volunteering into the program. Yes. So you have a public partner, a public private partnership yeah. in the apprehension of the wrong individual. And you already see the application is dangerous by way of private company and public operation, dear brother. It is, you but literally made my point just now. Yeah, but my point is that that's why you need to go and regulate the use of how law enforcement is gonna be accessing that technology if it's going to happen. Because that cost is very real and disparate and is something that we should want to avoid because it undermines trust in the underlying institution. I don't wanna get caught up on that particular issue because I know that you raised some other points. When it comes to the privacy side of the equation for AI, again, I don't necessarily disagree, but I don't think that it's something that is mutually exclusive to AI. I think that this is something where Congress has been lacking for years. And I would welcome a conversation of actually getting substantive federal consumer data privacy legislation done, because it's not just AI. That's really, I think it's an inappropriate focus there. And I guess the other aspect that I think is where this conversation gets misled with AI is that right now, 
that conversation, especially from Congress and the president um, and some other individuals has been focused on the fact that, oh, there was this perceived failure to do something about social media and section 230. And now that there's this new opportunity with AI, this equally transformational um, technology that we should be doing something there. And I think that that's the wrong way to be you know, couching this conversation because what you're doing there is you're basically imposing the problems that are associated with social media onto a new and emerging technology that's fundamentally different like AI. And I don't think that that's helpful. I think that that actually distracts away from the conversations that we need to have around AI yeah. and lets us get distracted in a more partisan kinds of conversations that don't actually let us make I actually agree here. with that point. And James, I read your commentary about the basically conflation. Mm -hmm. um, of social media and AI, I agree with that point. Uh, that's why I didn't bring it up as a point of dissension because I do think these are very different technologies and very different applications. But I will say this, um, I'm currently a law student, all right? So I'm learning things about application of law that are emerging given case law that's coming out. Mm -hmm. So we used to have very simple definitions of libel and slander. Technology mm -hmm. has kind of changed that, is this a written thing, is this a Sad thing, when it comes to AI, what if somebody develops an AI technology? See, we're not talking about things that look real. We're talking about realism. We're talking about things that appear absolutely authentic, not things that just seem realistic to us. Mm -hmm. And that particular AI technology puts, let's say you or me in a compromising situation. It seems or appears that we are acting in a particular way. We've already seen it happen at the presidential level. Mm -hmm. but that becomes an issue for an everyday citizen who is private, meaning their protections are fully intact. Right now, AIs, you know, people that do this, they're doing the AI technology around famous people. They don't have the same protections inside of court, et cetera, et cetera. But to a private citizen, that could be very dangerous. Would you agree with AI technology being judged under, under the same premise that we currently have for slander and libel in the United States court system? Not necessarily insofar as that I think AI is pulling in from all the information that's on the internet. And yeah. if we're thinking about in the forms of um, libel law and defamation law, I think that I don't know where you stand on this, but as a person who certainly has seen the power of powerful people leveraging the tort system to go and silence people that use dissent, I wouldn't necessarily wanna engage in opening up the libel books in that sense, because then you might you know, be undermining expressive activity. And also I think when we're looking at defamation law, particularly with public figures, and you have to demonstrate the actual malice. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be able to bring the suit, but right. I think that you wouldn't be able to see success either is what well, I would imagine. Why. Because Wait a minute, you can't James. demonstrate actual malice. Let's, let's, open, let's open this up a little bit. Sure. All right, somebody makes a video using AI technology, okay? Yeah. It seems very real. It, it, it doesn't seem to be a distinction between realistic and real. Mm. So it seems very real. It paints a private citizen in a very negative way. Mm. It is done to harm them. It has malicious intent behind it, which isn't even required technically. You are saying that you don't think that is something that the person who has been harmed should be able to bring to a court and say this should not happen to me? Well, no, I think that that's something that they would bring against the individual, not the tool. The tool itself is neutral, right? I think that that's, that's where I would have that differentiation, right? I'm not saying that they shouldn't be able to bring a suit. If okay. they, I'm saying if they tried bringing a suit against the, the underlying AI tool, that that would probably not be successful because of the public figure status if it's someone like you or me. No, 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 not public figure. I'm, I'm saying private citizen 
to be specific in the application of the yeah, standard. I, I would okay. still go and say that you don't want them bringing the lawsuit against the company. It's about the person who executed the tool to actually create the harm. You know, let me tell you why that's an interesting. On. That's an interesting point of view, because yeah. if an individual utilizes a private product, a product from a private company, sure, and they are able to utilize it based on its functioning parameters, meaning it is manufactured or produced to do these things. And you engage in doing what it says is able to do, and that engagement harms another person, guess what? The manufacturer is liable because the manufacturer created a product that explicitly said, here's what you can do. In other words, if there's an iron that's created that says, and if you if you want to, you know you can burn people with it. It's a, it's a, you're allowed to do that. And you go out and burn people with this iron. Well, the iron is supposed to be for clothes on a ironing board, but it's manufactured to do more. I'm in a hypothetical sense at this point. It's manufactured to do more and it tells you what else it can do. And you go out and do what it says it's manufactured to do. Guess what happens in the court deal, brother? You are held liable for doing it and the manufacturer is held liable for telling you to do it. You don't get the point? I mean, I understand what you're going at there and like a product design liability. That's uh, correct, structure. design liability is what it's called. Yes, yes, and I understand that. And again, I don't so you agree with me. I don't think that that's necessarily something that you would want to apply there because there's other chilling effects that would actually undermine Wait a minute. that technology, Come on, brother. Like, yeah, no, again, design. like it's, it, it's not the same thing as like Lemon v. Snap, where they went and created a speed filter that somebody used, and then there was a harm that was tied to that, and you want to sue the company because they they put that feature in there. That's not the same thing. Whenever you're using, let's say, ChatGPT or Google Bard, it goes and it blatantly tells you it's an experiment. It's not necessarily going to produce accurate results, etc. It's a neutral tool, and well, if somebody goes and uses it in a way that generates harm, you should okay. be able to bring suit against the person. I'm not saying that again, you couldn't bring it against the company. I'm just saying as a matter of fact as to whether or not you'd be successful, that's still unproven waters. And if I was gonna estimate, I would say that I wouldn't be surprised if they would fail because that bar is so much higher. There's just, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making those systems. And I think that we would wanna be very careful about opening up liability um, on such nebulous grounds. Man, even, well, let me tell you, it's, you not, it's, not nebulous. There. it's not nebulous grounds at all, dear sir. You sound as if you would rather protect artificial intelligence than authentic intelligence being human beings. But no. we're out of time, I will bring you back on the show. It is a fascinating debate, I gotta tell you that. We we definitely need to have more time next time, talk about it in fuller terms. But I do appreciate your stance on some of these things because I think we definitely need to have a more nuanced conversation rather than polarized conversation. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely, anytime, thanks for having me. Thank you, sir, I appreciate your time.